Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Good morning and Merry Christmas, Graffiti Church. Good morning. Turn with me on your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Anthony, for reading our scripture this morning. Thank you, everyone who prepared, baked, and brought food this morning for our Christmas celebration. Amen. Amen. We are worshiping the birth of our Savior today. I am excited about that. Happy birthday, Erica. We are also celebrating Erica's birth as well. This Sunday at Graffiti Church. All right. Thank you. So, many years ago, that a student in our uh, in our first youth ministry at Bayside Baptist Church, and she came from a large family, like a whole rack of kids, and um, the family made a shirt for me for Christmas. And they found it both entertaining and fun, of course, um, Charlie Brown Christmas. So to Sarah Dexter, who is now um, Sarah Evans, I believe, this was a while back when they made the shirt. Sarah, uh, if you happen to hear this sermon somewhere along the lines, I am still wearing the shirt for Christmas <laughs> celebrations. Amen. The shirt's been around for a couple years. It has. It has survived larger Charlie, smaller Charlie, and yes. Hey, so we, we embarked on our series like three weeks ago, and, and you know, I'm really grateful to God. I see some posts, and I think people really are compassionate, and I think God's people really are thoughtful. I, I saw a couple of posts, even early this morning, from a pastor whom I admire, and he said, a couple of things about depression not defining you. And if you are depressed, there's nothing wrong with you spiritually. And if you are depressed, you are not like in sin. Depression is not a sign of unbelief. Depression is depression and it happens. This pastor of a large church whom I admire, just putting that out there, knowing that hundreds, maybe thousands of people um, we'll keep an eye out for his posts, even in his church. And I know he has a heart for those who struggle, particularly during the holidays. And I'm so glad that we got to share uh, in that together from the Psalms our first week. And hope for the holidays. And we will celebrate the birth of the Savior today, the birth of Jesus Christ uh, in our fourth and final week as we all prepare uh, to go home, to be with our families and our loved ones and celebrate Christmas. So hope, remember, uh, in this first slide here, we continue to talk about hope, meaning to wait upon God's perfect timing with a confident and strong trust in God about the future. And we applied that. Uh, we said when surrounded by troubles and discouragement, there is a simple but sure remedy for spiritual depression. 
The cure for the troubled soul is always to hope in God exclusively, knowing that he will never fail. I shared with you about Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a pastor and a medical doctor who wrote the book, Spiritual Depression, a change really is still changing my life. And that's where I share that uh, from with you today. We're going to see a few things here as we celebrate the birth of Christ this morning. We're going to see God making himself known. We're going to talk about the fact that, and you don't have to speed through them now, I'm going to give it to you up front like a, a good speaker would do, and uh, then we'll, we'll move forward. And then we're going to see that everyone needs the Savior, but not everyone will follow the Savior. And then number three, the Anointed One, Messiah. Number four, we'll ask a question and break the preaching rules and say, who is the Lord of your life? And number five, before we're done today, we're going to see how God receive, reveals his glory, how God receives all the glory, and then a true encounter with Jesus will cause one to praise and glorify God. Lastly, a true encounter with Jesus must be shared with others. So, as we jump in and we celebrate the birth of the Savior, you remember last week, we talked about four people. We talked about Mary, who said, uh, in her obedience to God, she said, May you have your way, Lord, I am your slave. So Mary, eager to serve the Lord. Joseph, who, who stood to lose everything, right? He was going to be humiliated. His fiancée was pregnant, and not by him. He could be... Uh, um, humiliated, kicked out of the temple, ostracized from his family. And what did he say? He awoke from his dream and he did as the Lord instructed him. Never entered his mind not to obey that message from God through the angel of the Lord. Joseph obeys God wholeheartedly, risking it all. Zechariah, the old man and his wife who had been faithful to God all those years serving in the temple, he's a priest. God's going to bless him with a son, right? Y'all know who John the Baptist is. We say he's Jesus hype man, right? You remember that from the Gospel of John. And, and so uh, his wife, she is excited and celebrates, but Zechariah doubts the Lord. Remember, God shut his mouth um, until the baby was born. So we talked about, and, and so we're going to see uh, another, we're going to see a group of people today to whom the Lord said the same thing as he said to all of the others. He's going to say to them in verse 10 to the shepherds, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Don't be scared. He said, God, God's about to do something. He says, don't be afraid. And this morning we'll see how uh, the shepherds responded to the message as well. Now, in verse 9, I love this. Um, it occurred to me, and maybe it has before, and I'm just a little slow and don't remember things. But it says, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were frightened. They were afraid. They are witnessing the very glory of God here. But you know what they were doing in verse 8? Here's what they were doing. The shepherds were out in the fields on a night shift. Any of y'all ever worked night shift before? Jalen and I, that's right. Yep. And, and Jalen and I talk about that. Uh, I call my night shift years the dark years because, oh, Lord have mercy, the night shift was not for me. 
Um, but the, the shepherds are out there doing the night shift. The dangerous shift, right? When the animals would be out stalking their sheep. Look, shepherds, they were like way down on the totem pole, the socioeconomic, right? These guys came in from the fields. They didn't smell good. They didn't make a whole lot of money. And yet what they did was so important. They were out in the fields. They risked their lives. They battled against um, fierce animals to protect the sheep, right? And so here are these guys out here. Do you know what God does? God meets them just like you and I. Are you? Thank you for knowing better than I do where I'm going. Uh, here's some things that I thought about when I think about the shepherds. God met them. God will meet you and I in the everyday. God will meet us in the everyday life. So sometimes you think, why is it so important? I'm just here going to school this morning. Oh, Lord, here I go. I'm just here going to the job again today. Oh, God, man, what, what is God? I mean, come on, this is just boring, God. What's going on? No, God anticipating that I am so guilty of this. But I used to wake up, right, and anticipate what God was going to do. And yet sometimes we just don't. We're human, right? But God, God meets these shepherds in the everyday. God meets them where they live and work. God calls out to them. God chooses them, calls them. He shows them his glory in the everyday while they're at work, while they're, you know, dirty clothes. These guys wore sandals. I don't know if they had boots, man, but think about being a shepherd and not having boots. I'm just saying. And so these guys are out there in the fields. They're doing their job and God chooses them and God calls them. And God says to them, don't be afraid. Hey, look, I'm about to show you the greatest thing you will ever see in your life. And like, really, dude, come on, man. It's a night shift. It just started. Haven't even had a break yet. Need a cup of coffee. No. He says, don't be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy. Great joy. And I just think, you know, sometimes we don't expect, and they didn't either. I get it, right? I'm not trying to make the scripture say something. They, they, they don't expect, uh, uh, they just, they don't expect the God meeting in the everyday, right? We think, oh, I'm going to church. I'm going to hear something great. Worship is going to empower me and move me in my spirit. Maybe the pastor will preach a good message and I'll learn something. I'll be excited. Or I'm going to go on that mission trip this year or serve in camp. You know, God is most likely to meet you in the everyday. When you're sitting in class, bored to tears. When you're trying to say, when you're saying, Lord, why am I even here doing this? You know, when you get up in the morning, you say, oh, I know it's, it's a job, but I guess I'll get up and go, right? That's when God is going to speak sometimes. I'm just saying, anticipate what God will do in the everyday. I don't want to beat it to death, but I just thought, wow, how exciting. You know, I want to wake up again and say, God, what are you going to do today? I want to anticipate meeting God somewhere. I do like to do this. I do. I attempt to be aware of divine appointments. Be aware of divine appointments. That's not up there, but that's a good one. Uh, Friday, I was over here waiting for a tub to arrive. And, you know, all the things that I need to be doing, do I really need to be sitting around here waiting for the FedEx man, right? Um but I had about three divine appointments. A couple of precious people who just needed a little love, a good word. Uh, one who needed to hear something he didn't want to hear. And it was all from the Lord. It wasn't from Charlie. But I had divine appointments in the everyday. Amen. And I recognized that. And when I went home, I was kind of happy. 
because there were a hundred other things that might have seemed more important for me, the pastor, to be doing. And yet, while I was in the everyday, while I was waiting, you know, the HVAC guys are here working, I'm waiting for the FedEx man, and it was an important deal, uh, the big white box back there. Um, but I had some divine appointments with people in my community in the everyday. Um, a little bit of love. And God reminded me of that. So God is making himself known. Now God's going to make himself known through the Savior of the world. It was, it, was, it was prophesied hundreds of years before. And we've talked about Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah chapter 9, right? The Jews wanted the Messiah to come. They were awaiting, they were awaiting their Savior. They were looking for a different kind of Savior, but they were, they were awaiting their Savior. They wanted the Savior to come. And yet, um, so, so God is making himself known through the Savior of the world as well. God will make himself known through the great and glorious. When Christ comes back again the second time, it will be as a conquering king, not as a suffering servant. Amen? He came as a suffering servant. He came born in a manger. He had to flee to Egypt because people wanted to kill him. Uh, Lord only knows what they said about his mom and dad because of the way he was born. The Jews didn't want this kind of say. This was not the Savior. I'll be careful what I say about our friends. This was not the Savior that they were looking for at that time. So God will do the great and glorious as well, and I don't want to overlook that. But I'm certain that these shepherds out in the field, God was making himself known to them in the everyday. Secondly, you know, everyone needs a Savior, but not everybody wants one. Everyone needs a Savior, but not everybody wants one. And, and, you know, it was never made more clear to me than a conversation the other day I had with a, with a man who is an acquaintance. I would call him a friend because I care about him. I was having a conversation with a friend, and I said, friend, are, aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? I said, I know I've used that before, and you know where it comes from. He said, yes, pastor, I know where that comes from. Uh, he says, but I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and I'm not sure in what sense you really mean that. And I'm like, really? You're going you're gonna to analyze that phrase? So we had this conversation, right? But then at the end, what he said was, what he said was heartbreaking. He said, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sick and tired of getting high yet. He was honest with me. When it came down to it, when we talked about Jesus, when we talked about getting off that stuff, when we talked about the miracle that God could do in your life. Nope, not done yet. Not done yet. Homeless, don't know where my next meal is coming from. Uh, all kinds of things on my mind, but I'm not done getting high yet. Everybody needs the Savior, not everybody wants the Savior. So when we're out here, when we're out here sharing the gospel, the birth of the Savior, and I am reminded, and it's been, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so I'll go ahead and take this chance. In Romans, the Bible says in a very familiar verse, he says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The Bible makes it very clear in verse 12, he says, there's no, nobody's better than anybody else. There's no distinction between Jews and Greeks. Jesus came and he says, for whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's how God was making himself known. 
through the Savior of the world, through Jesus Christ, through his son, through the baby born in the manger. And yet, and yet, and the Bible says, of course, however, they did not all heed the good news. Oh my goodness, right there in verse 16, the good news. What good news? The good news in Luke chapter 2. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. But they did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? I'll stop in verse 17. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Everyone needs the Savior, but not everyone will follow the Savior. You see in verse 11, it says, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, the one who is our hope, our hope for the holidays, right? Our hope for every day, of course. But the Savior, the one who will save me from my sins, the one who will save me from myself, and the one who will save me from the eternity with Satan. Those are the three S's, right? Sin, self, and Satan, right? I won't carry on there. I would like to. Not going down a rabbit hole this morning. So for today in the city of David, listen, Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary, or Joseph, was from Nazareth, but they got called to the census, which means you had to go back to the city from which you really, from which your family originated. So they had to go back to Bethlehem. So the scripture was fulfilled that prophesied that the Savior would come from Nazareth. The scripture was fulfilled saying that the, uh, that the Savior uh, 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 would come from Bethlehem. So you see, in the city of David, in David's city where Jesus was born, right? There has been born for you a Savior. It also says next that he is Messiah. He is Christ. He is Messiah. Messiah um, from the Hebrew literally means the anointed one. He is the one through whom salvation will come. He is the one through whom God would fulfill his ultimate promise to Abraham. He is the one that the prophets talked about all of those hundreds of years, right? Zechariah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, the scriptures that we share often uh, at Christmas in Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 53, all about the anointed one, the Messiah, the reason we celebrate Jesus Christ is Messiah. He is the anointed one. This morning I was meeting with uh, I was meeting with with the men early, um, and we were talking about the Word of God, and um, and I brought that up for a very specific reason because we're talking about Messiah. Come on, Charlie, get with the program here. Um, well, I guess we'll have to get back to it. Man, I was on a roll there for a minute. Wow. So Messiah, the Anointed One. The one who was to come. I didn't know we were talking about the word of God. The word of God. Knowing the word of God and knowing God. And God makes it very plain and clear in his word to us that he was sending a savior. And the reason I asked in number four, who is the Lord of your life? Because he says here, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, even in, the, in those days, Lord could have meant anyone for whom you worked 
or whom you served if you were an indentured servant or worked on a, worked for a certain household the the person of that house was the lord of that house and you worked for them and you might little l refer to him as lord why because he had authority over you because he was either your boss or you were an indentured servant i mean indentured servant or a slave you did what you were told to do and so you would call that person lord or master it was just a term in the everyday but we're talking about jesus christ the savior of the world the son of god born to save those who are lost and he says he is your savior he is messiah but he's also the lord now i'll tell you what can prove out who is the lord of my life you can look at my checkbook okay i know checkbooks are kind of outdated but uh, you can look at my bank statement or you can get on my app on my phone and go to bank of america or pnc you want to see who the lord of my life is look at somebody's checkbook look at their bank statement you want to see who the Lord of my life is? Watch me for a while and see where I spend the majority of my time. You want to see who the Lord of my life is? See where I get the most entertainment out of my life or what I enjoy doing. Look, good life, fun stuff. God intends for us to have fun and live life. Please don't misunderstand me. And if you all know me, you know I like to have fun. I like to live life. But what I'm saying here is, what it says here, he is Christ, the Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'll go back to point number two. A lot of people want a Savior. Um, a lot of people need the Savior, but not a lot of people want the Savior. Same thing. The whole thing about God sounds good. That was another thing we talked about this morning. Yeah, I'll give God the nod once in a while, right? Uh, I'll give God the nod. I'll say, yeah, I believe in God. Or yeah, me and God, we're good. No, you're not. No, my friend, you're not. I told someone that. I really offended them. And quite frankly, I was glad. One, because it was a truth. And two, because I had a little bit of an attitude. But I did it in Jesus' name, so, I I'm, still, so I'm hoping it's okay. But, but, but because, but because, but because God, God did put it on my heart to be truthful. And, and, and I know I'm supposed to do it in love, right? But sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth is hard. And so we need to hear it. Sometimes I don't want, I don't want Jesus telling me what to do. Sometimes I want to do what Charlie wants to do and ask Jesus to give me the nod. Sometimes I still want to be in charge. Why? Because I still live in this. Now, some people, they don't know Jesus yet, and they want to be in charge. The stakes are high. Eternal separation from God. So who is the Lord of one's life? That's a real good question. I've shared this recently. A friend of mine said when he's sharing the gospel, he doesn't say, what will it take for you to follow Jesus? He asks him, he says, um, he says, how does he put it? Hold on, I'll get it right. He says, what will you have to give up in order to follow Jesus? What will you have to stop doing or give up to follow Jesus? He said, now in the neighborhood where he's a pastor, he said, that stops more people in their tracks because that really resonates because in people's minds and a lot of folks, I give people credit, a lot of folks are honest with me, right? Like my friend the other day, he was honest. It was sad, but he was honest. But you see, that gives someone the opportunity to say, mm, mm. And he said, wow, Charlie, he said that that causes people to pull up for a minute. Some people are honest and some just walk away. So instead of saying, hey, will you pray and follow Jesus? He said, what will you have to give up in order to follow Jesus? What will you have to give up in order to follow Jesus? Y'all know Joel, right? Oh, I just outed him. Pastor Joel. That's why I like him. He's bold. He's bold with the gospel in his community. 
But I like that because that says to me, who is, what is the Lord of your life? See, is it something I enjoy that I know is sinful? Or is it just me? I like to be in charge. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. And I'll give God the nod once in a while. That's not salvation. That's not making Jesus the Lord of your life. I have to wrestle with that too, right? We all have days. We wake up in this flesh. We're, we're, we're sinful. We're selfish. Sometimes we want to be in charge. Sometimes I got to take myself back down off the pedestal. Uh, take myself back down. Use the words, Charlie. Uh, off the pedestal. The guys were telling me this morning, uh, and sometimes I'm still a little jealous. The guys were in Cambodia. I know many of you, uh, you were there as well. And on a mission trip, and they went to this really cool temple. And when they went, there were these idols everywhere in the temple, and the people worshiped the idols. And on the one hand, it was this beautiful temple in this foreign, exotic land. And they, I'm assuming they really, I'm not putting words in their mouths, but they really appreciated being there, and it was probably really cool. And yet, at the other, um, on the other hand, it was really sad because people were missing Jesus and worshiping idols. Sometimes we do the same thing, though. We don't have a room full of statues to worship, but sometimes we climb up on that pedestal, right? I'm going to be in charge. Hey, God, hold on a minute. Don't watch, you know? So that's why I say, who is the Lord of your life? He is Christ Jesus, the Lord. Number five, we see in verse 9, verse 14, and verse 20, what God is doing here. Look, we get so, I, not you, me, I get so familiar with the Christmas account and so familiar with all of this. Sometimes I don't celebrate the beauty and the excitement of Christmas. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Have any of you ever had that happen to you? No, me neither. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. I don't know what the glory of the Lord looks like. Shekinah glory, great light. They saw something. Now, it says here that they were terrified. It says they were terribly frightened. They were scurred, scurred. That's <laughs> but the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all the people. But God's glory, God's glory scared them at first. So they see the physical effect of God's glory. They see the light. And then they see, or they, uh, the word says, the angels are singing, uh, 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 praising God, and here's what they're singing. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. You know, I asked myself this question for the first time. Um, so, so with whom is he well pleased? With whom is God well pleased? I have to believe, because I don't get a, a direct answer there, I have to believe that God is well pleased with men and women who surrender their hearts to the Savior and salvation. I, I have to believe that God is well pleased and bringing peace in the hearts and lives of men and women who's, who believe in Jesus. That's what I have to believe. And then in verse 20, a true encounter with Jesus will cause one to praise and glorify God. So the hosts of the angels are singing the glorifying God. In verse 20, the angels are going back. And by the way, um, and by the way, when the angels, uh, when the shepherds left, look at verse 17. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. But let me finish here. Verse 20, the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. 
just as been told them. So they too were praising and glorifying God. God does get all the glory. God deserves all the glory. Watch this. God will have all the glory. Amen. Amen. So lastly, we see here this morning, a true encounter with God or with Jesus must be shared with others. Y'all caught me speeding there when I read verse 17. They saw this. They, when they had seen it, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. Now look at verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. I have to believe that these guys had a life-altering experience. Then they went and saw the baby in the manger. Then they had to go back to work. But when they did along the way, they couldn't help themselves. They had to tell others. A true encounter with Jesus must be shared with others. You will not want to keep it with yourself to yourselves. You should not keep it to yourself. Charlie, talk to yourself. I should not keep it to myself. It must be shared with others. A true encounter with Jesus compels one to praise him. The shepherds went back praising God. Today, you and I, we can go home praising God for what he did, for bringing, for sending the Savior, his son, to save us from our sins. You know, I thought about this. The shepherds had a life-altering encounter with the living God meeting the Savior of the world. We don't, I don't believe, if I'm wrong, please share it with me, and I really mean that. We don't hear about the shepherds ever again, I don't think. Not these guys, specifically in the Word of God. I have to believe, though, that their lives were changed forever. It sounds to me like they were glorifying and praising God, that they believed what the angel told them, that Jesus was the Savior of the world. They had an encounter with the living God in a very real and scary way. So a true encounter with Jesus must be shared with others. A true encounter with Jesus will cause one to praise him as well so we give god the praise have you had that true encounter with jesus is he your savior who really is the lord of my life sometimes it might not be about salvation for you sometimes it might be about leading an examined life lord this week was i trying to be in charge or did i yield to you each day this week lord oh lord please forgive me and help me to continue to yield myself to you you may know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but sometimes we have to be careful that we don't climb back up on the pedestal and try to take his place. He is Messiah. He is the anointed one. In our culture, lots of people will deny that. Lots of people believe in God differently. Lots of people say you can believe uh, in Allah, you can believe in Buddha, you can believe in God, and we can all take different paths up the mountain and get to God. It sounds nice. If it were that way, I would preach it. It sounds good. It's not true. It's false. Everybody wants to feel good. Nobody wants to make enemies, so we hear that. It's not true. But God is making himself known. God meets you in the everyday. We must have joy. We must anticipate what is God going to do with me today. Friends, I really mean this from my heart. I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to the Christmas holiday. I hope that, um, that you get to go home and be with your families and that you will praise God and, and share some of what God is doing in your life with your family and that you will enjoy the celebration of the birth of the Savior in your home with your people this weekend coming up. As we close today, I, 
I just want us to be certain 